0: Hello and welcome back to the Father Time podcast. I'm your host, Chase Green. We also have Matt McBrayer with us and Scott Kane, as well, as they have been all season long and will continue in subsequent seasons. We hope that you have enjoyed uh, tuning in to this first season of the Father Time podcast. This is the last episode of the season. So again, uh, these episodes appear on the first day of of every month, January through uh, May, and then also we'll take a break in, in summer and then follow up with season two beginning in August. So again, come back August 1st and we'll have another episode out, Lord willing. But uh, in this season five and or, uh, episode five, rather, in, in the season finale of this first season, we want to ask the question, is your heart in it? And that's something that is certainly a very big, important discussion for us as fathers Is our heart truly in this? Uh, Otherwise, then any effort we might put forth is not really going to be all in for Christ and and for our families uh, if our heart is truly not in it. Again, this is a podcast uh, by fathers for fathers, and the goal of this podcast is to help you as a father to be the spiritual leader that you need to be for your family. Last month, we talked about some common pitfalls that uh, we face as fathers as we try to establish a nightly uh, family Bible time routine as well as some pointers that we each had for uh, hopefully uh, staying staying on the path uh, with our family Bible time but uh, when we think about whether or not our heart is truly in this, whether or not we will stick with it, we need to uh, we need to make sure that our priorities are right. That uh, what we are trying to do is uh, for the right reason. Again, this is this is with the the sole goal being that we want to help our families get to heaven. So, as we kind of open up the discussion briefly, uh, what do y'all think about that, guys? And and then we'll get into a devotional in just a moment. <clears throat>
1: Well, Paul told the Colossians, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men." In our world today, we've almost gotten that backwards. You think about the way that people attend worship services, how often do preachers have to make the comparison? Well, you would be on time for work or you'd have your children on time for school. You'd have them present every day. Why not be that way with worship? And we're essentially preaching whatever you do, do it at least as heartily as you would for men if you're going to do it for God. And it's backwards. Well, whatever you do, do it hardly, as unto the Lord and not unto the, uh, unto men. Uh, we're doing this for the Lord. Now we're doing this for the benefit of our children and frankly for our own souls as well. But we're doing it to honor the Lord. And if we can get the right mindset in terms of, hey, we're doing this for God, that can greatly help with truly doing it heartily. For sure. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and do our devotional for this month, guys. and. Um, Might be a shorter one, I guess. We'll see. But I want to talk about uh, getting our our heart in uh, our family Bible time, particularly with the singing part of it. I've mentioned that a few times uh, throughout this first season, and I've talked about how, yes, I know that it can be a little awkward, especially when you're singing just with with your family. Uh, But I think that's really important. I want to talk about that. So. I saw a quote on Facebook recently that kind of got me thinking about this. And uh, the quote talked about how you can know uh, a lot about the health of a congregation based on crying babies and singing men. So obviously, those are not the only indicators, but those are some indicators. You know, crying babies. What does that indicate? Well, it indicates that you've got some young families present. It hopefully is an indication that there's going to be some growth for the future. And then singing men, uh, I want to really hone in on this part, but uh, do most men find it natural to sing? When I think about, you know, singing unto the Lord, singing praises to his name, I think that most men, if we're being honest, whether it's because of pride or maybe some insecurity, Etc. I think we really have to work at it, to opening up and and singing, uh, not just with what we're about to talk about, but even at worship services. You know, uh, singing along as we are instructed to do so in Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen. So uh, that's certainly an act of worship, and and God has prescribed in His Word that we must participate uh, in that act of worship. But also think about it in regard to our family Bible time. And you know, I realize that, like like we have said several times, there might be some general awkwardness at first, and uh, you know, kind of the feeling of okay, what do I do with this? How how do I do this? Um, maybe maybe I don't really like my voice that much, and I really just want to skip out on that as it pertains to family devotionals. I get that. But at the same time, I want you to think about how, you know, some men think it's not natural for me to sing. Well, what is the natural response of dwelling on and thinking about the joy that we have in uh, salvation from the Lord? Well, James 5 verse 13 says, is it is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. And I can't think of a more more appropriate reason to be cheerful than uh, the salvation that we have. And so, therefore, we ought to be singing. Um, again, singing is important for our family Bible time, just like prayer is important, just like Bible discussion and and study is important. But I want you to think about this. How can you judge the health of your family's family Bible time with and without singing. Fathers, I want to encourage you to open up and to put yourself out there and sing with your family. If you've got young children, like uh, is the case with mine, maybe that makes this a little bit easier because who, who can't sing the Lord's Army with their kids? Especially their young kids, or uh, Jesus loves me, or uh, the Bible songs like this. I think it's a little bit easier when you have younger children to get started on something like this. But let's say there there's a father out there somewhere who's wanting to get started with family Bible time, and he has older children. Okay, I realize that probably ups the ante of of making things more difficult from an awkwardness standpoint. But that said. If if our houses are exuding the joy that truly should be coming from our salvation in the Lord, I think there's going to be some singing involved. So I, I would encourage our uh, our listeners to think about that, give it some thought and and truly pursue that as a goal uh, to hopefully sing with your family. It might start with younger children with those uh, VBS type kind of songs and, and Bible class type songs, but eventually get to the point where you can pull out a songbook and uh, sing hymns with your family as well. Trust me, I believe wholeheartedly that it is worth it. And uh, you can talk about some of the meaning behind the spiritual songs that you're singing with your family as well. And uh, I think that this would be a great tool uh, at our disposal for the the family Bible time routine that hopefully we're establishing uh, as part of what we're encouraging in this podcast. So that's what I had, guys, and uh, y'all are welcome to kind of give any any of your thoughts on that uh, as well.
2: Uh, I guess I'll chime in. Um, you know, I, when it comes to worship, you know we're you know, commanded to sing, and you know we should all be doing that. I've run into a lot of people who, like you said, there's a lot of men in particular who didn't want to sing because they didn't think that they did it well. Um, uh, I I would just say, look, don't, don't worry about, you know, what it sounds like. It's not really about what it sounds like as much as it is, you know, where our hearts are. Um, And so I encourage that. Also there was a guy that I knew. And um, if, if I said he couldn't carry a tune in a bucket that was being generous um, he just was not against it. He basically shouted when he sang. He just belted out the words, just shouting. Um, There's a market for that,
0: believe it or not. Yeah, right. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I ended up like, I loved sitting next to him whenever we were in worship because you know what I knew was going on? I knew that he was worshiping in spirit and truth. Yeah. And so I was thankful for that. But I I think about that with dads, you know, and you may not be able to carry a tan, bucket. that's not what it's about.
1: Well, first, Matt, thanks for not calling my name. Uh, (laughs) Second, uh, uh, you trigger the thought of, you know, there are children that sing like that in services. And the reason they do is because they are sincere. (laughs) Yes, they may be off key, but they are sincere. And one of the key aspects of singing is that it's emotional. James 5, is any man happy? Mary, let him sing psalms. It's an expression of emotion. You take a journey through the psalms or Jeremiah's book of Lamentations, which is, by the way, a song. And songs are an expression of emotion. David was highly emotional. Solomon, highly logical. You're driving down the road. Dad, you're by yourself. No one else is in the car with you. And your favorite song from your teenage years comes on the station, whatever that may be, whether it whether it dates back to the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, early 2000s, whatever it may be. Don't no stop believing, Journey. There. What's that? <laughs>
3: Don't stop believing by Journey.
1: <laughs> do you start singing along? Do you join along with the radio? And how does it feel? Does it feel good to do it? I didn't ask how it sounds. How does it feel? Well, that's because there's an emotional connection. Sobering thought How many of us have more of an emotional connection with secular bands that were living a life of fornication and filth than we do with the music that has been intended to glorify God? Can we allow ourselves to have that emotional connection? That way we can truly sing and be happy, or we can truly sing. farther along, whatever the case might be, whether it's sorrow, whether it's joy, whether it's confusion, whether it's just encouragement, if we'll allow ourselves to be emotionally vested and if we'll commit ourselves to it, then the singing will be will be much more natural. But Chase, listen, great thoughts. And thank you for that.
0: I appreciate that. I thought that was kind of a good way. You know, you're talking about the emotional thing. and. We've got to be careful not to uh, get involved in emotionalism, right? Where it's all about emotion. Uh, But there is emotion to our worship, uh, properly directed. And uh, I thought that would be kind of a good way to transition into our discussion for this last episode of the first uh, season. And that is, you know, is our heart truly in it? If our heart is truly in worship, then uh, you won't have any problem begging somebody uh, to sing, for instance. Uh, within worship services. And so uh, as we kind of get into this discussion, let's talk about whether or not our hearts are truly in it uh, as fathers. And we've referenced several times in this podcast, Deuteronomy chapter six, you know, uh, teaching our children when they rise up, when they, when we lie down, when we walk by the way, et cetera. What is the connection between Deuteronomy chapter six and uh, making sure that our heart is in it?
3: Well, I think that, you know, there's obviously, when you think about the
2: Bible time and what we're doing, uh, that there is an obvious connection between, you know, the idea of teaching your children and, you know, having your heart in in it when you're teaching your children. Um, You know, I think it was mentioned in last episode, uh, the idea that, you know, we'd be teaching our children at home not just letting the bible class teacher do it um you know not letting the youth minister do it or whatever not just listening to the preacher all those things could be good but you know we've got to be doing our part um that means that you know we've got to see that there is a need for some spiritual maturity for our children and and try to get them there and i really think about this i i have in my notes that you know you should be teaching your, your children at every opportunity that you get. Not just, not just, you know, asking about Bible class and not really even just Bible time, but you should be teaching your children all the time at every opportunity. I love those old shows where you had the wise father. Um, you know, sure he had his faults, but he, he gave his sons good advice. Uh these shows they portrayed these fathers taking the time to talk to their children about important things to help them grow and to learn and how to deal with different situations. Uh, we need to be spending every opportunity, including Bible time, but not exclusively to Nightly Devotional. Uh, we need to be teaching the scriptures as frequently as we can. I think that when we truly see what our job is as, as, ch- as uh, fathers uh, to uh, children of all ages, um, we're going to, we're going to say, look, I, I've got to, I've got to teach my children to grow up and uh, nurture them in the admonition of the Lord. And uh, so, you know, when your children do something wrong, remind them of what the Bible says. When your children are down, tell them about the love of God. You know, I love you, but better, you know, God loves you. Uh, when your children are dealing with being mistreated, uh, help them with solutions and tell them, you know, look, Jesus knows exactly what this is like. He was the perfect Lamb of God, and yet people chose to mistreat Him. So, um, when you really think about this all the time, you'll have your heart in it. Uh, you'll teach your children uh, about the Lord as often as you can. Uh, also, uh, I guess as a side note here, this takes time. Like, you need to spend quality time with your children so that this is possible. You can't just kind of. Um, be willy-nilly about this you gotta be spending quality time and uh i had a, a little bit of a sobering um uh, comment made to me last night we went to uh, a gospel meeting to hear uh, uh hear another preacher and and so uh, we were there and my oldest son timothy
3: uh said uh can we just me and you just can we just hang out dad and i was like you need some daddy timothy time
2: he's like yeah i do and I said, "Yeah, I've been real busy lately, haven't I?" And he's like, "Yeah." and he's, he's been asking to come to the office with me, and it has not been you know possible. but I said, I just told myself yesterday, I was like, man, I gotta I gotta slow down a little bit. I got need to spend a little bit more quality time with my children." I'm so glad he said that, but you know, when our heart is trying to uh, trying to get our children to heaven, then our heart is going to be in
0: the scriptures, yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes you just got to make time, right? Yeah. So
1: what you got, Scott? Uh, you know, talking about the heart of a father, especially from Deuteronomy 6, it it's really a matter of connecting the father's heart with two different directions uh, in the context of Deuteronomy 6. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. Deuteronomy 6, 5. Well, do you love God? If so then here's what you will do. Deuteronomy 6.6, these words which I command thee this day shall be in thy heart. If you love God, then you're going to love his word. There cannot be any sort of dichotomy there. There's no logical connection between, I love God, but I don't have any use for the Bible. Then you're loving an idol because the only way that you know God is through his word. So do you love God? If so, you'll love his word. And if you don't love God, then try spending some time in that word and getting to know him. And you might find that you grow to love him. You grow to appreciate him. Undergo some discovery. So first question, do you love God? If so, his word will be in your heart. Next question, do you love your children? Because that's exactly where Moses goes with it. These words will be in your heart, and you'll teach them diligently to your children. The Proverbs writer, Solomon, Proverbs 13, 24, would make the point that uh The the father that loves his son chastens him, but he that spares the rod hates his child. Well, the parent that neglects to discipline does not truly love the child. Well, discipline comes in both instructive and corrective. Let's focus on instructive. The parent that loves the child is going to teach the child. Bottom line, if you love your child, then you're going to teach your child the things you love. If you love baseball, you'll teach your child baseball. If you love hunting, you'll teach your child hunting, especially if they have any interest in it. If you love music, you'll teach your child whatever instrument you play. When we love something, when we love our children, we teach what we love to our children. Therefore, if we love God, we love his word. If we love our children, then we are going to instill his word in them. Two benefits, because it's not just for them. And this pertains to the heart of the the father as he teaches. First, according to Deuteronomy 4, 9, when we teach, we remember. Moses said, take heed to thyself, keep thy soul diligently, lest thou forget the things which thine eyes have seen, lest they depart from thy heart all the days of thy life. But teach them thy sons and thy sons' sons. In other words, when you teach your children, you'll remember what you need to retain. But then the very next verse, verse 10, not only when we teach, do we remember but when we teach, we learn. Moses reminded them of the day that they stood before God in Horeb. When God said, gather me, the people together, I will make them hear my words that they may learn to fear me and that they may teach their children. Well, if we're going to teach, we've got to learn. And whenever we're teaching, we tend to remember. So, the heart that loves God wants to instill God's word. The heart that loves the children wants to instill God's word in the children. And by doing that, dad gets to learn and dad gets to go over that information so that it helps him remember. So, it really does hinge on a matter of the heart. But once the heart is in it, everything else falls right in line. Yeah, you you get the heart right and the actions uh, will follow. So,
0: definitely appreciate that. I think you're spot on. Um, How can we teach our our children to love the Lord, their God with all their heart and soul and their strength. If we ourselves don't love the Lord, our God with our heart and our soul and our strength. Uh, and I like what you said about you know teaching and retaining as well, and also learning. Sometimes when I'm in kind of like a tutoring kind of situation, trying to uh, teach young people how to prepare for a test or something like that. A lot of times what I'll tell them is, look, if you uh, if you know the material so well that you can teach somebody else, then you've got it. You're going to do well on the test if you can teach somebody else. So go and form a study group and then take turns teaching each other the material. And if you can do it, then you're going to be ready for the test. You're going to do very well. So same thing with the, uh, the test, if you will, of life. And uh, that is we need to prepare for the final exam, so to speak. And uh, we need to make sure that we're not only preparing ourselves uh, for the final exam that is Judgment Day, if you will,
1: but also preparing our children for it uh, as well. So, you know, um, Chase, when, when yes, they sir. see that, when they see that love, when they see the sincerity, it's contagious. Uh, parents' habits tend to be contagious anyway. There was a a commercial uh and 19 none of your business uh when i was a child uh that uh depicted a father coming into his son's room and he had a box and inside that box were a bunch of dried leaves that you could tell it was supposed to be pot marijuana and the father's asking his son why do you have this stuff why are you smoking this stuff where did you get this where did you learn to do this and the the son's response was the first words that he actually says in response to his father was the sentence from you. All right. I learned it by watching you. And then the tagline for that, for that, uh, public ad was parents who use drugs have children who use drugs. And there's a lot of truth there. Well, flip that around to something positive. Parents who love God, have children who love God. They see our behaviors positive or negative, and they will typically pick up at least some form of whatever those behaviors are. So uh, a lesson to keep in mind when we love him, there's a a much stronger chance that they will love him. Yep, exactly right.
0: Um, Can we think of some other verses that deal with uh, the heart and making sure that we get our hearts right? And, uh, I'm actually having uh, here in Oklahoma, there's going to be a lectureship on uh, the heart of the matter, I think is what we called it, or, or matters of the heart. And uh, I got to looking at that and I did kind of a word study on the word heart in God's word. And I'm thinking, okay, I've got at least like three lectureships worth of, of material because the Bible has a lot to say about the heart. So uh, can y'all talk about some of these verses?
3: yeah there's man there's plenty uh
2: whenever i was thinking about these i was like
0: man there's there's a lot of verses
2: on the heart um i think proverbs 4 and verse 23 comes to mind for a lot of people you know keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life i think about david after his sin with bathsheba and in psalm 51 uh verses 10 through 12 he says created me a clean heart of god and uh renew, uh, your Holy spirit or renew. I'm sorry. I'm misquoting here.
0: A right uh, spirit
2: within no, a right me. spirit within yeah. me. Thank you. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, um, you, you have all these, these passages that look about, uh, talk about the heart. Um, and I, I think too, and like this has a, been a go-to of mine for a long time, but when I think about the heart, I think about first Samuel 16, number seven, you know looking for a king, Samuel goes and he's looking at, you know, the sons of Jesse, and there are all these, these good, you know, especially he starts off, This is a good looking guy. He looks like a king. This is good. And then it uh, goes on down, none of these guys are chosen. And and it says there in 1 Samuel 16, 7, uh, the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I refuse him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. You know, so God looks to the heart of man. And so we want to make sure that we have uh, a good heart. And something that we've been repeatedly saying through all this, um, I think it ties in with Ezra 7 and verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in israel statutes and judgments uh I, you know we could we could spend all day like you said you know you've got a lectureship going on where you're talking about these things you could spend a lot of time uh, i've got even more here but you know there's a lot of verses about the heart and uh and you know uh all i have going through my head are all these um you know, journey and eagles references going on because that's what you got started on. But this is the heart of the matter, okay?
1: <laughs> now you went to Brown Adams. Oh um, yeah. no! <laughs> you know, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh Matthew twelve thirty one. What's in our heart is going to come out of our mouths and show in our lives. Keep the heart with all diligence out of it are the issues of life Proverbs four twenty three. A couple of thoughts first. The Old Testament word for heart is the Hebrew word lab. And you dig into that word and you find your center. Literally, the idea of the heart in the Hebrew mindset was a person's center. There was a movie a few years ago called Rise of the Guardians, and Santa Claus was this Russian accented character. Really cool. But he's trying to talk to Jack Frost about his center. And Santa has this uh, open box ornament that as he opens one level, there's another one inside, and it's a different version of Santa. But as he gets down to the middle, here's his center, and his center is wonder, these wide eyes. Well, we think about the Hebrew word for heart, and it's a reflection of what's at our center. What really defines us? What is the core of our, our being? Is it a love for God? Is the core of my being a fervor for his word? You read through the Old Testament, and when you come to the word heart, you think center, the center of my being, and see if it doesn't start to reshape a personality. But then there's another idea in the Old Testament in particular. It gets repeated in the New. Matthew hit on it when he mentioned David. God said that uh, God told Samuel, God doesn't look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. Well, David was called a man after God's own heart, and frankly, More often than not, we miss the implications of that. We say, well, David was a penitent man, or David just wanted to do what was right. Every time, dads, please pick up on this. Every time that statement is used. It's not in regard to David's purity of life. Every time David is mentioned as a man after God's own heart, it is in the context of leadership. Samuel told Saul, God has rejected you, and he's chosen a man after his own heart. When Paul looked back to God's selection of David, he referred to David as being chosen a man after God's own heart. Every time it's mentioned, it's in the context of leadership. What does that mean, a man after God's own heart? Take a peek at Psalm 78 for a moment. God led the children of of Israel, his people, he made them go forth like sheep. Psalm seventy-eight fifty-two, he guided them in the wilderness like a flock. God shepherded his people. What was David? Shepherd. You go to the end of Psalm 78, and here's how this psalm concludes. He chose David, also his servant, took him from the sheepfolds, from following ewes, great with young. He brought him to feed Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. So he fed them, David, fed them according to the integrity of his heart. He guided them with the skillfulness of his hands. David was a man after God's own heart because he led like a shepherd. You work your way through David's life and see if he didn't do exactly that. Now, where does the heart come into it when we talk about dads? I can be a man after God's own heart, and I can lead my family like a shepherd. I can know every one of those sheep. I can be familiar with every member of this flock that I call my home. And I can have such a care and concern for them that I'll put my life on the line. I'll fight every bear. I'll fight every lion, but it's because that the dad has the heart of a shepherd in leading his family. So we talk about what's the heart got to do with it. Everything. Powerful stuff.
0: That's exactly right. The heart does have uh, everything to do with it. And again, we, you know, as fathers, not just our listeners, but all, of, all three of us on the podcast as we assess how we're doing as fathers. And we need to do that frequently. We need to get back to the heart of the matter and we need to ask ourselves, is my heart truly in this uh, the way that it needs to be? A couple more passages that I had thought to include. Proverbs 6, verse 20 and 21. My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake the law of your mother. Bind them continually upon your your heart, tie them around your neck. And so um, desiring to uh, instill these values in our children as fathers and mothers, we want to instill Christian values in our children so much that they literally, well, in figurative language, but, but it becomes a part of them so that they're wearing these virtues uh, as the Proverbs often say, and then another passage in Proverbs is Proverbs 23, verses 15 through 19. Do not withhold, uh, I'm sorry, uh, verse 15. My son, if your heart is wise, my heart will rejoice. Indeed, I, my, myself, yes, my inmost being will rejoice when your lips speak right things. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. For surely there is a hereafter, and your hope will not be cut off. Hear, my son, and be wise and guide your heart in the way. Um, Around that passage, what what you had mentioned earlier, Scott, we're not supposed to withhold correction from our children. And then uh, after this passage, it talks about not mixing with wine bibbers and and things of this nature. The point being, uh, everything that we want to see take place in the lives of our children. It starts with their hearts, and we've got to mold their hearts uh, and and shape their hearts using God's word. That's what it's all about, and uh, that's why we're we're bringing this up in this first season of the Father Time podcast.
3: So with these verses in mind,
0: guys, how can a a father pick up his copy of God's Word? And fall in love with God, fall in love
1: with his book, the word of God. How can he do that? The first thing that comes to mind is for the one that truly picks up the book and looks at it. How can he not? Psalm 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. His delight is is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. It's his focus continuously. We think about Psalm 119, verse 11, thy word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against thee. And truly, the more we learn about God's word and apply it, the more we see its practical application in our lives and making them better. Psalm one nineteen ninety seven. oh, how I love thy law, it is my meditation all the day. Well, there's the, there's the reflection of fervor that we ought to have. Verse 105 from the same chapter, it's a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. But psalm one nineteen, verse nine, one we don't we we don't tend to quote it as often, but wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? The word translated way carries the idea of a rut. How does a young man get out of a rut? How does a young dad get out of a rut? How does any dad get out of a rut? By taking consideration concern thereto, according to God's word? By applying God's word to our lives, it gets us out of ruts. When we see it's the the experience of it, then we come to have an appreciation for it. But uh, all that being said, I would say approach it with three ideas. First, explore. Instead of picking up God's word and thinking, I have to find something to say. I have to find something to say. There was an old Dunkin' Donuts commercial years ago. Got to make the donuts. Got to make the donuts. Got to make the donuts. Well, some dads go about it with that mindset. Got to find something to say. Got to fill air time for Bible time. Mm -mm. Have a mindset of what treasure do I get to discover today? What jewel will I find? What truth is going to dawn upon me? Maybe even smack me in the forehead. What's going to stand out that I get to get to discover, explore, explore it like you would explore an area of land where you don't know if anyone's been there or not. And you're just finding what's there and then exclaim and when when you find that jewel, when that realization takes place and that treasure dawns on you, be willing to say, Eureka, I found it with our Our sons, I used to tell them, you know, this was one of those mic drop moments as I studied. It's like God just said, here, Scott, boom. And and, and I sit there baffled. Eureka, I found something. I've learned something. And get excited about what's learned. We'll be excited if we'll explore. We'll be excited if we'll exclaim and, and recognize what we found. And then we get to explain. Sit down with the family with just as much excitement. And help them follow the same trail, the same paths, asking the same questions that you asked to arrive at that same destination and let them discover it, too. Watch their eyes open up as they realize where you've led them. But you didn't have to come out and say it because they see it and it connects. Then they get to grow in their love and their appreciation and their absolute admiration of God's word. I love when
0: we're recording podcasts and I get sermon ideas, especially when I get sermon series ideas. So uh, I've got one jotted down, getting out of your rut, Psalm 119, verse 8, Father Time, episode 5, comments 20 minutes in from Scott. So so I'm going to come back and watch this, and I'm going to do a sermon series on getting out of your rut, getting out of your, your parenting rut, getting out of whatever rut. I'll have to come up with some other. Ideas, but that's that's great. I um, really appreciate those thoughts. Uh, I I went to Psalm one nineteen as well. Uh, how can you not read Psalm one nineteen? Longest chapter in the Bible about the Bible and not fall in love with God's Word. What you got, Matt?
2: Well, a couple things. Something that's already been mentioned is uh, you know study for yourself. Don't study just to present lessons to your family, but study for yourself. Maybe you have to study to present lessons, but Study because you you need to learn, and you're going to be able to expound on that later. Um, to quote uh, Kevin Rutherford, uh, one of the teachers at the Memphis School of Preaching, um, uh, I was talking to him one time uh, years ago, and he said,
3: "I will study for 45 minutes to explain something in about 45 seconds," and and then he said, well, "Which one? Which?" Who do you think gets more out of it you know
2: is it going to be me or the people that i'm talking to obviously it's him you know and so just the study in and of itself is going to help you out I'm, I'm going to try to get through this i kind of thought about this while i was talking i'm going to try to say this without being too emotional but um you know recently involved in an accident had a pretty good shot to the head and um I was uh, under concussion protocol for two months, and during that time, um, I could only study for fifteen minutes at a time without getting sick, and it was just rough. and being a preacher and sitting down all day, trying to study, um, it was just not doable uh, i I tried different venues, you know, trying to sit on my front porch and get fresh air and study. And um, still, uh, no avail. The same thought process. I was, Fifteen minutes. I had to quit reading because uh, my eyesight had been, um, you know, I had some swelling on my brain, and so I, uh, I my eyesight had gotten temporarily messed up, and so uh, that was healing up. But I just was sick a lot, and um, I thought about that time, and I
3: thought, you know, I I love God's word, but man. I couldn't study it ever again. I'd I i do not know I'd do this. Yeah. And you just get an appreciation for things like that. And you just gotta you gotta look at God's word and go, I I want to I want to know this because God gave it to me so that I could learn from it and then I can give it to others. Yeah.
0: Hey, man, mm-hmm. I appreciate you uh, mentioning that. That is uh, that is really kind of sobering to think about. You know, what if we what if we lost our eyesight, or, or what if we lost our our mental faculties and we're not able to study? And how t- how often do we take things for granted? And uh, we don't need to do that. We need to be diligent. Uh, in our studies and uh, put in the effort and as much time as we can to uh, get intimately familiar with God's word. And uh, not only to do that, but to impart those things that we're learning from God's word to our families as well. Really appreciate that. In the
1: the realm of uh, classic songs that bounce through our our heads, uh, Matt really just brought to mind the idea of don't know what you've got till it's gone. Now, in his case, here's someone that already loved studying. He knew what he had, but he appreciated it even more when he couldn't delve into God's word as much as he wanted. There's another extreme to that. There are those that have not spent the time in it. Uh, I was, recently, a bulletin article was discussing a man who in Vietnam had been captured. And was a prisoner of war for some three years. He was released at the end of the war. But during those three years, this was a man that had not taken a spiritual life seriously prior to the war. And he was in solitary confinement for three years, every day wishing he had a Bible, every day wishing he could just hear the sounds of the church singing, every day wishing that he had listened to his wife when she said, come with me every day not knowing if it was going to be his last and wishing that he had paid more attention to god's word when he had the opportunity well we don't know what we have till it's gone sometimes we may already appreciate it but we learn to appreciate even more when we don't have the opportunity that can be said about god's word it can also be said about our children sometimes we don't realize the opportunities we have with them until those opportunities aren't there
0: bringing in the old cinderella reference. I like it. <laughs> that was one of my dad's bands back in the day. Watch um, it. Um <laughs> I was I was thinking uh live like you are dying by uh, Tim McGraw. So There's a good one. We could go on and on with our our references. Uh any other thoughts before we move on to our last question guys? Well, that's good stuff. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um how can father? How can fathers be excited? And we've already talked about this a little bit, but not only excited, but fixated. Not only uh, themselves, but also helping their families to be excited and fixated on study of God's word.
3: So, uh, I'll just
2: start us off on this. Um, you we know, already mentioned kind of like topical studies. Like uh, you, you get into a, a topical study. And, and yeah, those are good that, but like, I think that really limits you. Um, I like getting into a, a study of a book and, uh, you know, if you can start studying a book and realizing what is being said in a book, um, man, you like, you, you do get pretty pumped up about it. And, and when you get pumped up, uh, then it's going to be easier to get your children fired up about, it cause you're excited to talk about it. And so it's just so much uh, uh, easier to um, uh, teach somebody if you really, really enjoy it. I remember the uh, teachers in like high school and stuff that, um, you know, you had your teachers that they were kind of like the whole um, dry, you just, you know, they're in there just teaching. Uh, But then you had other teachers that were just really excited, like, oh, here, let me tell you about this. And they're like pumped up about it. And there were, uh, I had one of those in college and I, I had an economics class and I thought economics, are you kidding me? Like I have to take this class. And then I love the class because my teacher was so fired up about economics. I was like, oh man, I love economics. You know, should it, can it be an economics major? You know, I don't know, you know? And so.
0: And we, uh, get that professor cloned and sent to like every university in America so we can fix our right. <laughs> system. <laughs> like, but yeah, <laughs> like,
3: yeah.
2: But uh, Sorry, I mean, that's what I we got to we got to study it up, man. We got to be excited about what we're talking about. I think that really comes with a better understanding.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's some of the stuff I had as well. You know, topical studies, doing a word study, which leads to a topical study. That's great. I think uh, going through entire books of the Bible kind of, um, you know, for an extended period of time is also really, really good. Um, chronological I like to study the Bible chronologically our Bibles are arranged usually topically which is which is fine uh, but you can also get you a good chronological study Bible as well and uh, study study god 's word in the order that it happened time wise basically and uh, I like to it helps me wrap my mind around some of the things a little bit better uh, maybe study some geography and study the where that things took place also that that would be good um, what about Get yourself a good lectureship book. Get some of the the really good uh, MSOP lectureship books that have been put out. Uh, Spiritual sword um, lectures, different things like that. Uh, the power lectures, and, and we could go on listing examples. But there are some really good studies in lectureship books that maybe uh, fathers could could read through and kind of condense it down. Uh, explain it on the level of the children and, and for our wives
1: as well. Things like that. What, uh, what else do y'all have? Well, there's some, of course, in our day and age, we have digital tools that can be helpful. Uh, something that uh, that is available, I think it's free or cheap for any phone, is a program called eSword. You can get it on your computer. You can get it on your phone. And on eSword, you can download all sorts of free commentaries or free word studies. And uh, something that's recently excited my wife is we've been doing these devotionals. Uh, As she's been studying, she's uh, rediscovered uh, Robertson's uh, word pictures and Vincent's word studies. And those have gotten her excited and things that have stood out just in terms of the, the benefit of that study. But when it comes down to it, there are digital tools where we can. We can reference commentaries. We we can look at some more historical background as we're studying. So we don't have to feel like we're guessing our way through the historical context of whatever chapter we're teaching. But it really comes down to deciding that I want to get excited over this. There's a reason why people spend hours a day on Facebook. And it's because they get a dopamine dump. They get a feeling of accomplishment or connection because they've looked at what Susie had for lunch or maybe they found the the latest bad pun or meme that someone has produced and oh, they get a laugh. And so there's a feeling of accomplishment and connection, by the way, it tends to be a major waste of time. But there's they have a sense of accomplishment or connection. Some fixate on entertainment. They get their dopamine dumped that way. But if we'll allow ourselves to approach god's word with with open eyes then there can one there can be a sense of accomplishment and knowing hey i've studied something i've not examined before or i've studied it deeper than i've ever examined it yet there can be a sense of connection not just with man and being able better to connect with people because i've learned more about my god but a stronger connection with god and you want to talk about exciting or endearing or encouraging entertaining read god's word you want to read love stories you want to read intrigue you want to read about espionage it's all there you want to read uh, about overcoming obstacles it's all there if we'll allow ourselves to be entertained please understand not in a flippant way but to be drawn in and but to become part of the events that are unfolding just allow ourselves to become vested there's far more of a beneficial dopamine dump to be gained from God's word than from any other uh, media outlet that is available to us.
0: That's a great point. You know, we've got technology. We might as well use it, you know, for good purposes, obviously. Um, Podcast. Uh, tune into the Scattered Broad Network. And, you know, there's many, many different things that we put out. Uh, Listen to one of those discussions and then jot some things down and and talk to your family about it, you know, as part of your Bible time. I mean, there's numerous resources that you could look at uh, from that perspective. Uh, Watch videos. You know, I think Matt mentioned that earlier. Uh, Pull up on YouTube some of the resources that the Brotherhood puts out, you know, Apologetics Press and World Video Bible School, things like that. Uh, Gospel Broadcasting Network, uh, et cetera. There's so many resources that we have access to. Uh, through the Internet, we might as well use them and uh, hopefully improve our our study of God's word and, uh, you know, the way that we interact with our families around our study of God's word as well. Anything else, guys?
3: Yeah, just remember, it's more than a feeling. Um. <laughs>
1: um, you know, one thought that does come to mind is with every one of these resources, um, be careful uh recognize that anything that is an extra biblical resource, no matter who put it together, was an uninspired man. Uh, the Bible has all the answers, and there are times when we can really be benefited from looking at the historical context from these other sources. But when it comes down to it, God's right. Um, and we He's want to make sure that we're falling up. in love with God's word more than anything else. You will never give us up. That's
0: right.
3: <laughs>
0: OK, so I think I think that about does it for the uh, classic hits rewind. But but uh, in all seriousness, um, you know, this this has been a, a profitable discussion, guys, and something that hopefully we uh, want to uh, emphasize as we kind of close out the season. Uh, we can do this again. We've we've tried to encourage all season long. This is doable. Uh, family Bible time. Not only is it doable, though, it's very, very important. And so fathers, as we think about stepping up, as we think about uh, being the men that God would have us to be, let's just get out there and do it. Uh, our families are worth it. We want to see them in heaven with us one day. We don't want to look back 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now at a, at maybe a situation where children are unfaithful and uh, we're asking questions constantly. What did I do wrong? What could, What could I have done differently? Sometimes that happens. They do have free will and we might do all the right things, quote unquote, even though we all make mistakes, but we might do our best and, and they still fall away. We realize that's a possibility because they do have free will at the end of the day. But let's do our absolute best to ensure that uh, we're doing everything we can to uh, train up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, uh, be there for our wives and encourage them to be faithful. As well, and be faithful ourselves, uh, as as God has called us to step up in the in these ways. So again, that's the encouragement for this first season of the Father Time podcast. Let's uh, let's man up. And speaking of that, that's going to be our theme for uh, season two, which comes out again August first. That's the plan, and uh, the first day of the month uh, forthcoming, all the way to December man up and uh, the rest of that kind of a sub theme is uh, going to be where are all the godly men and uh, i think the plan is we want to look at some godly men uh, from the bible and uh, do some character studies on them see what we can glean see what we can uh, determine and, and how we can emulate those things as we seek to be godly men ourselves. Any final thoughts, guys, before we wrap up this first season of the Father Time podcast?
2: Oh, thank you for all you've done, Chase.
1: You know, one one thing that did come to mind, Chase, with what you were discussing a moment ago, is we're really talking about an investment. Uh, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Moth rust do not corrupt. Thieves do not break through and steal. Well, there are all sorts of ways that we invest our time and our money and uh secular ideas but no matter what the outcome we we never have to regret investing in our god and we never have to regret investing in our children especially when we're investing our children in our god and so we're really just laying up treasures in heaven and it's an investment that we never have to look back on it with remorse so let's invest
0: amen i agree wholeheartedly i know you do as well matt Let's invest in our families. Let's, uh, let's be there. Let's be there all together one day uh, in heaven. Appreciate our listeners for tuning in to the Father Time podcast. I'm so thankful that we uh, were able to uh, complete this first season. And uh, Lord willing, tune back in August 1st. And we will begin a, a second season of the Father Time podcast. Again, don't forget, it's high time for Father Time.
1: Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May
3: God bless you.